Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast, the original all-turkey, all-the-time podcast with your co-hosts Andy Galliano and Cameron Weddington. In our weekly podcast, we're going to bring you some wild turkey calling tips like this. From there, we're going to go into, she's aggravated, there's another hen that's challenged her, or she's challenging another hen, she's going to cut an excited yelp. Advice from old pro turkey hunters like this. The turkeys typically don't like, I think, more times than not, to travel in an easterly direction into the sun first thing in the morning, especially after he gets up. It's a blinding thing. It, it, it's just like you. It's hard for you to see into the sun. Mm-hmm. So if I have a choice, I'm going to try to make it so that I'm going to be on the west side in the morning east side in the afternoon of a turkey exciting live hunts like this holy crap they're coming teach you how to cook your bird with advice such as this with some fresh rosemary and garlic and then cool that off and spread that along the inside of that butterflied turkey breast that we've seasoned on both sides wildlife management tips for your property especially with turkeys like this if you look at the type of habitats that turkeys need for nesting and brooding that tends to be habitat that can be managed more successfully with growing season fire than with dormant season fire. And hopefully along the way, we'll get plenty of these. Well, on November the 28th of 1953, I was attached. When I popped out of my mom and the baby doctor spanked me on the bottom, I went, oh, and I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> I like that. Thank you for tuning in, and now, for this week's show. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 307, A West Virginia Turkey Hunt. And I am your co-host, and the guy who is almost there. And I'm your co-host... The guy who wants to kill a winter turkey really, really badly. Yes, you do. I'm I'm obsessing over it, just yep. like everything else involving turkeys. But well, and I, I may be one of the beneficiaries of that. So obsess I away. Are. I hope you are. Yeah. Unfortunately for you, I'm extremely busy, and and I am not much help in planning a winter turkey hunt for us to go on so you're having to do the majority of that by yourself but that is fortunate for me and that i just get to show up pay See, some money I find it fortunate for me because i enjoy planning so yeah i do too really um but also enjoy making money so i like that part of the i do like making money as well yeah and the good news for you since you enjoy planning is that i've gotten us precisely nowhere so <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
yeah, that's true. Well, then so you still plan all you want. Yeah, I have accomplished nothing for us. You and I have gotten the same amount done for that hunt. Yeah, one of us has just spent more time on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so I assume almost there means the house is almost prepared. Almost. So it's always nice when the renovations end and you get to see your new look. To the yeah, home. you know it's it's all pretty well finished. We've just got some doors to paint, a couple of pieces of furniture to paint, some spots on the cabinets need to be touched up. I've got somebody coming tomorrow to do that, and assuming all that checks out with the cabinets okay and the touch-up goes well, then I think Saturday we'll be moving dishes and plates back into the cabinets and pots and pans and all the stuff that's sitting on the Mm -hmm. floor in the dining room and on the table in the kitchen and on a table in the living room. So all of that stuff will go back into the cabinets and... If I get some furniture moved back into the house, I'll be good to go. The problem with that is my number one furniture mover has the vid. The vid. Yep. Uh, Yep. So my son's got COVID and, oh, you'll love this. He shows up over here Friday to help me move two or three things into back into the house from the basement. He'd just gotten through playing volleyball, sand volleyball, and he is huffing and puffing and moaning and groaning and anytime we'll stop to rest i mean he'll just lay down on the ground which is unusual he doesn't do that and so we kind of suspected something was going on he'd just come back from the beach with a group of friends and come to find out that this was friday evening come to find out saturday morning he learns that four of the girls that were on the on the beach trip have the vid. Oh man! So and you were in contact with him Friday. Yeah, Friday. So, so I need to find a new winter turkey hunting partner. You're, well, you're done. Yeah, I'll be deceased by then. <laughs> so Dang. yeah, I am. Let's see. Friday night to Saturday night. Saturday night to Sunday night. Sunday night to Monday night. Five days in Tuesday night. Wednesday night, I'm five days into it, feel wonderful. Good. So, I think I'm too salty to get the vid. Well, good. Maybe that's the maybe that's the whole key. Yeah. Saltiness. Salty and pickled with alcohol. <laughs> it can't possibly live in that. I don't believe much can live in it. <laughs> oh, me. No, of course, we're, my wife and I are, you know, praying we don't get it and praying he feels better soon. He doesn't really have, he has more symptoms than you had, but, yeah, uh, you know, it's, it's, he's 31 and pretty darn yeah. healthy. So not a huge deal. Yeah. He'll, he'll rebound from it, but he's lost his sense of taste. Yeah. Uh, that's a weird part of it. Yeah. He said that was really freaky. Yeah. That is pretty strange. It's just like, it's not really like. I guess inconvenient. It's just like, this is weird. Yeah. So I'm trying to find some haggis for him. I want somebody that gets the vid to try some haggis. Yeah. Well, you could just hand him a bottle of vinegar. He can drink that or whatever, you know, it won't matter. Yeah. I guess it doesn't really matter because you 
are doomed eternally at this point. Mm-hmm. But how long do others have until turkey season in Alabama? Yeah, all the other citizens in the great state of Alabama who do not have COVID, have not ever had COVID, and will not ever get COVID, have 184 days, presumably, 12 hours, 20 minutes, and 6 seconds. Mm-hmm. What about that? Pretty decently close. It is. It's just over six months away. Yeah. Well, if that's the case, then in Tennessee, we must have 198 days, 11 hours, 58 minutes, and two seconds until turkey season starts. Mm-hmm. And on my whiteboard at work, I noticed on Friday will be exactly the halfway mark of the year before I'll be for sure hunting again. Gotcha. Either Mississippi or Georgia. Gotcha. That'll be 182 days away. Creeping on up. I cannot wait. Seems like just a few weeks ago we were moaning and groaning really about how it was 300 days out. Now here we are. It's going to creep up on it. It's going quick. Now that it's to this time of year, it speeds up, it feels like. So we've got fall turkey season. you got deer hunting. A lot of hunting seasons coming in right now. And then football's cranking up and there's stuff to do again yeah time should go quicker now yeah very true oh hey i didn't tell you this i leased 120 acres additional 120 acres nice yeah the the thing about it is it is a two-year-old pine plantation so it's pretty thick yeah a little thick a little thick I did see some hen tracks on the property, and there were deer tracks everywhere. Really? That place is covered up with deer. Well, it may have some turkeys on it, like, you know, late season when the hens are nesting. Could very well be. Yeah. Does the neighboring property have some good timber on it? The neighboring property is National Forest Land. Ah. Big timber. Yeah. Now we're cooking. Mm-hmm. Does it give you any kind of advantage on accessing the national forest? Unfortunately, no. Uh, that was one little downside to it. Yeah, that would have been nice if you'd have had a way to get into somewhere nobody else could get to kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. But But cool. Well, you'll have to keep us updated on it. I hope you stock the freezer with some venison and turkey breasts off your new lease. Yeah. I'll I have a good time over there. Two-year-old plantation, but yeah, probably, probably not much squirrel hunting. <laughs> Might be a good place to dove hunt. <laughs> Closer to doves and squirrels. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we've got a little turkey hunt to play today, don't we? Yeah, this is uh, the first hunt of Turkey Tour 2020 that ensued in West Virginia is where we're going to take you guys today. So background on this the goal states for the trip were new hampshire and maine and that was just too far of a drive to do that in one day and i don't like wasting a morning driving i want to hunt every morning that i can Mm -hmm. so the way i planned it out was i leave work at five on fridays so i left at five and we drove to west virginia had our licenses bought online and we went to a place in kind of it was pretty good ways up into west virginia we were on up in there a little ways 
and we got there around 3 to 4 a.m., and so we just parked the car at the gate, decided John was the guy who rode with me. He's uh, also who hunted with me in Florida, and who we had him on the podcast for that episode from Florida. Yeah. And so he and I just kicked over in the car and slept right there at the gate for you know 45 minutes to an hour. And he was going to hunt behind this gate, and then I was to drive off and go hunt this other area that I had picked out. And so he got out, and he went in, up in there and hunted, and I drove around to my zone that I was going to hunt. And it was gated as well, so I parked at the gate, walked in down like a nice paved road, gravel road kind of deal for about a mile. And then I took a hard right and went up literally like i didn't think i was ever gonna stop going up hmm. and i mean it, it was like i hit one crest and i was like all right i've hit the top and, you know it's dark so i couldn't tell what's ahead of me and i've never been there before and so you know i hit a little crest and i was like thank the lord i made it and then i walk like two steps and i start going up again it's like oh my gosh so i started i just kept going up and up then up then up then up and finally i got to the top and I'm up there with my oxygen mask on, trying to look out over the tops of the clouds. And, I mean, it you got to be a billy goat to hunt West Virginia. I'll just go ahead and tell you, at least where we were. That was the choppiest, I mean, some serious hills. Mm -hmm. you, you Like, if you do not listen to the, the Lindsay Persico episode pertaining to working out, and you don't do some kind of workout before your turkey season, you will not hunt West Virginia, at least well. <laughs> Cause you got to be in shape. Yeah. And anyway, I got up there and it's a beautiful morning and I heard a turkey gobble and there's quite a bit of water on this area. Big, it's, it's a lake, I guess, but it is kind of shaped more like multiple rivers, almost real narrow lake that runs all around in there. And I heard a turkey gobble and I thought he was on the other side of the lake. Well, then a boat cranks up, and I hear it flying around down there with a surface drive motor that's unbelievably loud. So he drives for a good 30 minutes right at prime gobbling time, and I cannot hear anything. Like, okay, this is fantastic. So I just kind of wait him out, and he finally shuts back down, and I hear the turkey gobble again. He's way off, and then I hear it sounded like two or three turkeys gobbling way off across the lake, and that was all I heard. So I waited, 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 nothing gobbled on my side, nothing gobbled on my side. And so I thought, well, I might as well, you know, maybe my ears are deceiving me. I'll walk towards the edge of the lake and get them to gobble where I can get a really good pin dropped on them. And if they are on the other side, I'll at least know exactly where they are so I can move around there on them because it was land I could hunt on that side as well. And so I walked. 300 yards that way no nah, i mean it was maybe 200 yards that way i guess and i'm like all right i'm gonna owl and, you know hopefully i can still hear them because i had to come off the mountaintop a little bit you know yeah and so i get all <clears throat> you know clear my throat <clears> turkey <throat> gobbles about 50 yards away <laughs> this one had not gobbled yet and i'm like holy crap and of course i'm just standing on a ridge in the wide open yeah the turkey gobbles right next to me so i'm like i mean he hadn't seen me yet so i just drop down and start belly crawling to the tree line and i get in the same patch of trees with him and he's right below me and so i'm like great well, place to be yeah i was like this is a perfect situation because it's like you know surely they're gonna fly down and come up 
to this nice green open area above me. That should be perfect. And so I kind of get in there. It is so thick in this patch of woods. It was the thickest spot of, other than Florida maybe. It was probably one of the thicker areas I've hunted in a long time. And so I could only see maybe, depending on, like I could see in certain spots I could probably see 50 yards, but it was like a tiny hole that I could see through. Yeah. And most most of my surroundings, like he was going to need to be within like 15 yards for me to get a shot. And I'm sitting on a very sharp incline so my, you know, legs are well below my butt, which isn't exactly comfortable. Mm-mm. And so he gobbles a couple times, and then all of a sudden, two or three of them let loose and gobble. They're all right together. Oh, wow. It sounded like two or three gobblers. And then when they all cut loose, here in the trees, <laughs> there's hens everywhere, and they start going berserk. So when they crank up, I decided I better, you know, let's take my claim in this in this game. Yeah. And let everybody know I'm here. And so I start becoming part of the flock. And I'm, I'm amongst them. I mean, I am in amongst these turkeys. <laughs> and so I start tree calling and yelping and doing all kind of calling and trying to figure out who the boss hen is. But there are so many of them yelping, I couldn't figure out who the boss was. And so anyway, the turkeys all fly down. So we'll jump in here and listen to this first portion of the hunt. And this is a long hunt. It took quite a few maneuvers so we'll listen to this first portion which is mostly in the tree talk and through when these birds fly down and then we can jump back in here and i'll kind of describe what's happening and take it through the rest of the hunt maybe so you guys listen into this first portion of my hunt in west virginia where i have just sat down on some turkey gobblers that are within 75 yards of me at this point we'll see you guys on the other side
So the birds have flown down, and they're they're gobbling pretty good, but there's a lot of hen talk going on. Did they I fly got, down like later than you expected, kind of right on time, light-wise? Uh, they were about right on time. Okay. It was kind of real foggy, or I don't know if it was fog or if it was a cloud sitting on us, mm-hmm. but it was foggy in there, and uh, they flew down about right. I mean, it wasn't too late. It was probably a little later than anticipated, but the hens flew down first, and then they all kind of assembled up, and then the gobblers all flew down. And the gobblers pitched down to the hens? Yeah, I mean, I think they all flew down into one big flock. Okay. And But they answered me, as you can hear on the audio, most every time I called, one of them gobbles. And it was... It sounded like it was two gobblers with all the hens and then another gobbler on the other side of them from me. And so I was kind of thinking, I bet I can get that lone one out there. I bet I'm, you know, if they'll ease off, I bet I can get him to slip over here. So I start calling to him mostly and the two close ones answer every now and then. He's answering me pretty good. Hens are answering me pretty good. Anyway, we start bickering for a while and everything's going on. I called these birds up to 30, 40 yards twice during all this. Could not, I never saw the first turkey. It was so thick. Yeah. And they came right there. I mean, when they gobbled, I was like, all right, they're here. Like, I'm ready to shoot, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And never saw them. Not a hen, not a gobbler. I didn't see anything. Was the terrain a hindrance for you to be able to see them as well? Yeah, because it wasn't just a sheer cliff. It was kind of a straight down, little bench, straight down, little bench, straight down. So there's a lot of stuff they can be right under. Yeah. And so anyway, I just keep calling and calling, trying to hope I can pull one right into my lap where I can see him. And I finally make the decision like, all right, they they started to ease off for the second time away from me. And I decide I'm not going to kill them sitting right here. It's time to take some action to them. And so at this point, I put my phone... I left it recording, but I took my vest off, took my binoculars off, everything, and laid my phone on the ground right there, pointed towards where I was headed to record, and I start crawling towards the turkeys. And so, as you hear through all this audio, it's basically a cat and mouse game. You'll hear me call, and then I'll crawl some more, call, they gobble, or a hen yelps. I'm keeping tabs on where they are and trying to get closer and closer. Mm -hmm. And I crawled... I crawled within 50 yards of these turkeys like four times and never saw the first turkey. (laughs) Wow. And so finally, yeah. So I'll just, we'll play the whole second half of the hunt here during this segment. So I'll just tell you how towards the end, finally I got, I mean, I crawled up to where I was like uncomfortable with how close I thought I was to the turkeys. Like I was like, this is stupid. Like there's no way I didn't just bump them, you know, like, they mm-hmm. got to be right here. And I call, and one gobbles. Literally, it sounded like he was 10 yards from me, and I couldn't see him. God. And so let's jump in here. We'll listen to this, and then I'll talk about what happened at the end because it's pretty crazy. So right. this is from I'm originally sitting down, and I start crawling and calling and crawling and calling and trying to get a new position on these turkeys where I can kill them in this thick jungle that I'm in on the mountain. So we'll see you guys on the other side of this portion. This is going to finish out the hunt. Can't wait.
Oh, what I did. Okay, so I shot, I drew blood, killed a goblin. So I want to explain to you how this went down. I mentioned before we played that clip that I called and a turkey gobbled 10 to 15 yards from me, like blew the hair off my head, freaking rattle in his gobble. Like he is on top of me. I'm aiming on my gun at where the gobble came from. Like his head is bound to be in one of these bushes where I can shoot him. Mm -hmm. And so... <laughs> I finally, I call again, he does it again. I call again, he gobbles again, and I'm I'm so convinced that this turkey is five yards from me. Like, I, I'm literally like, oh my gosh, this is annoying. Like, he is so killable. And so, finally, like, I just was fed up with it. Like, I was like, all right, it's time to make, it's time to make it happen. And I noticed where the gobbling is coming from, it's a big depression. Like it's not a ditch, but it's a spot where you can tell like rainwater and stuff must run down yeah. that area. And so it's washed out. And so it's probably, it's deep enough where I was like, that looks like a Turkey could be in it. And I couldn't see him potentially. And so I was like, he's got to be in that, you know, 15 yards from me. And so I get my gun, I'm on my belly with my gun in front of me. So I get good hold of the gun. I pull my knees up under me and I start easing up. I get one leg up where I'm on one knee and I'm aiming and he gobbles and I'm like, all right, sucker. Like I'm on you. Like if, if I see you, you're so dead and it's not even funny. So I'm on one knee, nothing. I call, he gobbles. Okay. I go to two knees and get really up straight looking nothing. Call, he gobbles. I get both feet under me and I'm in like a squat position and mm -hmm. I just start standing up. I mean, an inch at a time. Like my legs are on fire at this point because I don't want to, you know, make him jump up and fly off, you know? Right. <laughs> like I want, I know he's probably going to see me about the time I see him. So I want it to be one of those deals where he sees, catches movement and throws his head up looking like, what was that? And then I'm going to kill him. And so I stand all the way up, nothing. I'm, I'm at this point, I'm like, this is crazy. Somebody put like a recording of a gobbler out here. Like what is this thing doesn't exist. 
this is the craziest thing I've ever heard, seen in my life. Like I'm so mind blown right now. And I call and he doesn't gobble mm. where he had answered me every single time before yep. that. So at this point I'm like, the jig is up. Yeah. He saw me and I didn't see him. And so I didn't run. I didn't jog. I just held my gun at a ready position and started walking very deliberately in the exact spot where he last gobbled, just walking. Mm -hmm. gun ready and the next thing i see is a turkey coming out of that ditch going left with his head down easing out of that ditch. yeah he was trying to give me the slip so bad if i hadn't started walking towards him he would have gotten out of there no doubt i would have never seen him not in a million years but when i called and he didn't gobble i was like he saw me like he's yeah. gobbled every time i've called he saw me he absolutely saw me so i've got to try to advance 10 yards and and see if he's still shootable wherever he is didn't putt or anything you know and so i have my gun ready i look to my left he's jogging 40 yards i see a beard swing shoot drop him so i'm pumped but when nice. i shot i could tell i hit him good but i could tell he still had a pretty good amount of life in him yeah and he starts kind of tumbling down the mountain and so i I, actually, I put my gun down, which was smart for once, and take out running down the mountain towards him to gr jump on him and get him. And so then I fall over a tree limb and go rolling down the mountain. So he's rolling down the mountain. I'm rolling above him. I'm kind of catching up to him while I'm rolling, I guess, because I weigh more. I smack a tree so hard that I literally saw stars everywhere. Like, oh. it knocked me out. So I wake up from that. Um, <laughs> luckily, w right before my head crashed into the tree, I put my hand between my head and the tree. So I just like pretty much broke one finger. And so then my head hurt and my hand hurt. And I'm like half delusionally knocked out at this point. I get to my feet and I go stumbling around. He's done flopping at that point. And I found him like piled up under a tree. I guess maybe he smacked into one too. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but at this point, I didn't even know anything was wrong with my finger. I just knew my head hurt, and I was like, you know, probably pretty severely concussed. Yeah, and you knew at that point that you were in Wyoming. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Wyoming. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. Hunting Merriams all of a sudden. <laughs> and so me and the, the unicorn that I was riding went on down the mountain <laughs> and got him. And... I pick him up, and I was like, hey, you know, going nuts. I was so excited. And then, like, I noticed, like, every time I moved, like, blood was splurting all over the place. I was like, man, this turkey's bleeding a lot. And I, like, noticed, like, how's this blood getting all the way up my arm? I was like, oh, my finger is, like, an L right now. Mm. <laughs> wow. And there's blood shooting out of it everywhere. So... Anyway, I don't think it actually broke it or anything. It's still, honestly, it isn't even right. Like, it hurts if I press on it to this day, but my finger, it didn't matter. I killed the turkey. That's all just fluff on the story, but... Was it dislocated? I, something was up with it. Instead I couldn't feel it. Shape. For Yeah, I, I kind of just cracked it back in where it needed to go, because I couldn't feel it. It was also 100% numb, which I was happy for when I popped it back, because that probably yeah. would have hurt. Yeah, but I I didn't get feeling back in the tip end of my finger for months. Like I could have I could have put my finger on a hot pan and not felt a thing. Mm -hmm. But it 
it's back now. I can feel the tip of it. Um, mm. So, yeah, but anyway, I killed him. He was a beautiful two- to three-year-old gobbler, a little over-inch spur, really nice thick 10 inch beard and he had the longest toenail of any turkey i've ever seen he yes had a, he did he had like a two and a half inch toenail on him yeah and i guess that was so you could hook it into that mountainside and walk up it i don't know that's right <laughs> because you have to be a straight goat to get up that thing but yeah it, it was an interesting hunt it was not your conventional setup you know back to a tree and call him in 30 yards but it was nuts because I had to make a lot of split-second decisions, and I think that is what killed him. I, I made them all correctly. You know, I don't always do that. But in this case, the decision to crawl towards the turkeys and then the decision to try to start raising myself up mm-hmm. and then the decision of he didn't gobble, he's he's exiting stage left, I need to move towards him deliberately and ready to fire all of those transcended into me getting that turkey yeah and anyway i was pretty pumped i mean first morning ever in west virginia killed him i just went and sat on the edge of this little finger overlooking the lake it was it that where we were was absolutely stunning i mean beautiful land oh so pretty listening to other turkeys gobble and stuff saw a strutter come out while i was sitting there with him it, it was really beautiful i loved it west virginia is a gorgeous state yeah. So how far from where you shot the turkey did he end up before you recovered him? By my calculation, he was probably 400 yards. Dang, that's a long way to roll. Maybe, let me think about it. I shot him up top and he rolled off to the left. It may have been closer to 200. It may have felt more like 400 when I was walking him back up the top. And y'all don't know this but on this audio i had to cut out about 30 minutes of me searching for my phone <laughs> yeah, so you found your gun pretty easily yes luckily there was like a big rotted log laying there and i had laid it on that rather than just chopping it on the ground i just kicked it over on that log and took it out yeah so that was easy to find because it was like okay where's the big giant log <laughs> and you found your vest easily. That's not so easily no. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, that That's what I'm saying. It took so me... The vest and phone. The vest and phone took me... In all that thickness, it took me forever. Uh, luckily, I had made like a leaf trail of crawling mm-hmm. through there. It looked like turkey scratching, basically. It looked yeah. like a, snake, a giant snake had gone through there. And so I kind of retraced that back and finally found it. But man, I was getting kind of scared because I was like, crap, I'm going to lose my freaking phone on the first day of this trip. And I have all my pins dropped in these other states on where I'm wanting to hunt. <laughs> yes, so, and you'll be blind. Yeah, and I, I was pretty worried about it, but I did find it, and it was all good. And so, it, incredible hunt. I mean, I, I love, I love hunting turkeys anywhere, but there's just something about the first day in a new state is awesome because you it's all new terrain it's somewhere you've never been i mean it's just really nice so we had about a three and a half mile pack out from there and got him back to the truck and went back and the other guys heard some birds and had a close encounter but they didn't they weren't able to get it done in west virginia and we hunted the next morning but it was pouring rain all morning and ended up just heading to maine pretty early that next day mm-hmm. so yeah that's awesome that's an exciting hunt yeah, it's pretty cool. It's an interesting hunt because you actually hear the audio of how my calling and stuff sounds from, you know, 60, 70 yards compared to 
being right under me. Yeah. So that I like I like listening to that because that's what the turkeys are actually hearing. That's right. And it's pretty interesting to me. So I don't know, man. I've it just makes me miss it when I'm sitting here remembering all the fun times I had last year. Uh huh. And it makes me really worried because last year was such a good season. It makes me really worried that this year is gonna put the monkey back on my back. Well, it may be a little bit more difficult this year just because there's fewer turkeys, if nothing else. Yeah, that is a fact. But I know you and the amount of planning that you do and the amount of scouting that you do before you ever leave your house. Yeah. And, you know, that's a huge part of your success on these trips. And so that is, you know, I mean, that's it. You'll do all right. I have the, confidence in you. The hunting portions, execution, finding them and doing all that stuff. That That's the hard part. Yeah. You know, hunting them is... To me, there's a lot of variables that can change on the hunt, but I know how to handle those. But if you can't find turkeys, you're not going to kill turkeys. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes finding them is much harder than killing them. <laughs> yes, indeed. So that that is a, a point there. So I, I was really happy to get it done in West Virginia. I couldn't believe I got it done in one day. I actually ended up on this trip killing a turkey on the first day in the first three states we went to. So I was just on a hot streak man yeah and i hope i get on another one of those again soon because that felt good <laughs> it does feel good you're right about that you know to to be the first out of the group to kill an estate sure does take a load off of you but you know then you you get to that point to where you're kind of like all right i'm guiding from here and you know, there's still just as much pressure on you guiding as there is hunting. Yeah, I mean, you still got to get it done for somebody. Yeah. Even if you're not the one shooting, you still got to get it done. Very cool. Well, man, thanks for sharing that hunt. That was awesome. I, I enjoyed that a lot. The Those uh, those mountain birds. And yeah. they, you got to work, son, for that. Yeah. When you shoot one, they are not going uphill. No. They're not going to flop uphill to you. And every flop he makes can propel him another 20 yards down the hill, you know. Easily. <laughs> if he moves an inch, he's rolling again. Yeah. But that head over heel roll that they do down the hill, it's it takes its toll on him. Oh, yeah. It definitely finished him off, I think. He probably hit a tree with his neck or something, you know. Yeah. And probably finished him off and almost finished me off. So, you know, I tried their strategy because they can roll pretty quickly head over heels. So I was trying the same thing, but mm -hmm. I wasn't very good at stopping myself. It's a problem I found. So I, I would suggest to listeners, do not try that strategy. Stay on your feet. It works out better in the end. Yes, it does. <laughs> definitely. I, I'm speaking from experience. It definitely does. Yeah. Well, cool, man. So yeah. let me change subjects on you just a little bit. All right. So Pops is out cunning yes. this week. Any luck? Not really. They, you know, out west they had a big snowstorm, and yeah. three feet of snow covered the mountain that they were originally hunting. Wow. And so they were on quite a few elk in that area, and three feet of snow came in, all the elk moved to lower elevation, and all the hunters did as well, because mm -hmm. not only do the elk have to concentrate to certain spots, but all the people had to concentrate to certain spots. Yeah. So I think they heard 
They did hear a couple of bulls bugle yesterday, but I don't think it's going quite as well as it did for Ryan before the snowstorm because it's just complicated things. I think they actually have moved to a different unit at this point. Okay. But hopefully they find something. I don't know. I mean, worst case, dad's having a blast riding horses in the mountains and camping out, you know. Nothing wrong with that. Can't possibly have a bad time doing that. Yeah, yeah. Very cool, man. Yeah, I'll keep you updated. Next week, I'll let you know how that went. My brother Thomas is going out there to hunt next week, so maybe we'll get a second elk for the family soon. Yeah, keep me updated on that, and then, you know, I'm starting to worry a little bit about Gerald. I know. I'm hoping we can get hold of somebody in Oakland about Gerald soon. Yeah, we've got to find out how Jer's doing. I I don't know. I just woke up last night. I just had a bad feeling, like 4.15. It just, something woke me up, and I just thought, man, what is it? Why did I just get jarred out of bed? And I haven't been able to come up with anything all day long. It's Gerald, man. Uh, just You're just scared they're going to relocate him to Birmingham. He's just going to put the whoop on you like he's doing these Oakland residents. Uh, I've got a little more street smarts. And <laughs> in, in our kind of street. So you know how to bear up a box of wild turkey gobbler? I know, I know how to take one on. I'll put it that way. <laughs> and I have... I have been known to kill a wild turkey gobbler or two with a gun with no ammo. So I, I I'm I know how to hold my own. Now I'm not going to say that. But this is Gerald we're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Well, and I I think Gerald and I can get along pretty well together. <laughs> Till uh, April first or so. Yeah. The relationship might become one-sided at that point. It it may become a little strained, and I'm not. <laughs> I'm not saying that there won't be an incidence of domestic violence. Yeah. A couple of weeks of season go by and no birds on the ground. Gerald's going to start looking a little tempting. A <laughs> couple of weeks. <laughs> how about it's the first, first day, first morning goes by. <laughs> how about five minutes in after daylight? The first All right, morning. I had killed one. Bring out Gerald. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Gerald eats just like the other ones that I have to work so hard for. That's right. He's yeah. full of rose garden bushes, and he's been well-fed, so I bet he's eat real nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let's see if we can get in touch with somebody over there in Oakland. I, I'd be interested to hear yeah, what Gerald's doing, and we'll, we'll follow up real, on that. For real, try to get hold of him and bring y'all an update on Gerald, because I think that would be an interesting topic. I also yeah. want to hear how Oakland people talk about turkeys. I have a feeling they're all not out chasing them in spring like we are quite as much. Oh, yeah. You know, they they love to look at them. I yeah. do, too. Yeah, I do, too. Yeah. I love looking at them within 40 yards, full strut, with a bead over his head. That's mm-hmm. my favorite. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. That was a fun hunt. I'm glad I got to share it with you guys. Hope y'all may have picked up on some tips from that on how to hunt a mountain gobbler in a thick laurel bush. But I loved it. I'm, I wish I was still there. Yeah, I've said this, I can't even begin to fathom how many times. But if the terrain does not lend itself to sitting down, stand up. Yeah. Just stand. Yeah. find a tree, stand behind the tree. Yeah, you, you do not have to be in the, the traditional position, I'll say. Yeah. I've killed many turkeys laying on my belly, on my knees, standing up. I've killed a lot sitting back against a tree. I've killed a lot leaning around a tree, you know. <laughs> and it's not just the terrain. I mean, it can be the foliage too. Yeah, you know, if you're, 
in an area that's pretty thick on, you know, got a good browse line, so to speak, you may yeah. have to stand up just to be able to see farther than 10 yards. Yeah, I mean, whatever gives you an advantage visibility-wise to where you can shoot 50 yards and in, that's where you need to be. Mm-hmm. If you if sitting down limits you to only seeing 20 yards, stand back up. You need yeah. to be able to see where you can shoot him if he steps to 40. Yeah. That That is definitely the case. Mm-hmm. All right, well, I've been waiting on this moment for the whole week. What do we need our helmet for for this week's favor? All right, so the favor of the week <laughs> this week is, uh, and I, I, I want to make sure everybody's got their helmet on. So, I had mine polished and ready to rock for today, so it's on. Yours is on. How about the dogs? Because if the dogs oh, yeah, can hear me, on. okay. I'll put theirs on before mine. Okay, that's right. Yeah, that's the instructions when you get dogs. Please yeah. put your hel- dog on your helmet first before you put it on yourself. Okay, the favor of the week is this. If you own property in Utah <laughs> and you would like for Cameron and I to come get rid of some turkeys on your place this winter because they're destroying your grain bins they are all in your yard eating out of your bird feeders whatever issue the turkeys are causing you then message cameron you can get him on instagram facebook twitter you can email him just call snail mail me get in touch with cameron (laughs) so the second favor of the week and you know, I'm saying that jokingly, but seriously. <laughs> if somebody has land in Utah or knows somebody with land in Utah, northern Utah specifically, please, I would love to talk to you. Yeah. If you got any insight on some ground to hunt there, if you've hunted private ground with a, a rancher or a farmer around there, and you think that rancher or farmer would be open to letting two rednecks from the south show up in February. Yeah. And seriously let us know I, that that would be awesome we'd be very appreciative of that but very the true favor of the week this week is to go ahead and mark off on your calendar for next thursday next thursday is september the 24th 2020 we have a guest coming on the show that we know you're gonna love oh yeah we got a big episode for you next week it's gonna be and awesome. I want you to mark that on your calendar, but go ahead and and shoot a text message to some of your buddies that you know listen to this show and just say, hey, if you hadn't heard the show this week or if you're not listening to it because it's deer season, squirrel season, dove season, pheasant, quail, rabbit, whatever it is that you're hunting, if you know they're not listening to it, be sure to clue them in that next week's episode Episode number 308 is going to be huge with a capital Y. Oh, yeah. Huge. So, that is the favor of the week this week. I like it. All right. Sounds good, man. Let's wrap this thing up and start planning for next week. Let's do it. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. We know that you have choices. We appreciate you spending your time with us. We hope you have a wonderful week, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Sayonara. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, 
and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.